Hello and welcome back to Dorks on Sports, a podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me, as always, is Curtis Eastwood. Curtis, how are you doing over there? I'm doing well. What's happening? Yeah. We saw a Seahawks game. This we went to a game together. Yeah. We went to a game together. Yeah. It, it, it didn't turn out as we hoped, but uh, it, was, it was fun all the same. It was a fun game to be at live. Yeah. Your uh, your Henry joined us. Your son Henry joined us, and my uh, my four year old uh, son was there. Uh, it was his very first um, Seahawks game, and I was really nervous how he was going to hold up because he, he didn't did really good. Well. What's that? He did really good. He did really good. He did yeah. way better than I thought he was. He was actually into it. Different, like he got into the whole screaming and stuff like that. I mean, he <laughs> giving out lots of high things. fives. Yeah, he was giving doing the high fives. He yeah. was active. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, yeah, and it was super fun to have him there. Um, it's kind of special, and we had great seats. We we got to yeah. see a, a DK Metcalf touchdown. Not not nice. like maybe fifty feet away from us. It was pretty sweet. Nice. Um, yeah, right in our corner. It was pretty nice. It was a it was a fun time. We'll talk about the game more uh, as we get into it. Alana, how are you doing over there? Doing all right. It's birthday season for the dorks here on sports and i it get is to go birthday, it is birthday season for the dorks that's right yeah because my birthday is in two hours your birthday is in what 26 hours yeah 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 and then curtis you're like what a week and a half after that uh a week from friday yeah three libras on uh dorks on sports a week from saturday happen? A week from saturday this explains it- so much <laughs> does it though <laughs> three libras and what are you a sag no, you're Aquarius, right? Yeah, I'm an Aquarius. Oh, well, we're all air signs. So is that something? Is that yeah. meaningful? I mean, the Seahawks oh, are a bird. A we're air signs. I feel like that's uh that's complimentary. Yeah. Why is right? Aquarius and not a water sign? Because like aquariums. <laughs> you right? would have to ask my wife on that one because she uh she's um she's all up in that whole business. Mm. Growing up, I always was like, of course, it's a water sign. And then it was sort of like, no, no, no. It, it, it Just because it is a water image does not mean it's a water sign. And I was like, that, that makes no sense. That doesn't make All any right, sense. Yeah, <laughs> sense. I don't know. I don't know how that works. How's it going, Millie? <laughs> uh, you know, it's going all right. Thanks. How, how the uh, how, How'd your fantasy teams doing? Oh my goodness. Well, let's see. In my in my Folger League, it was a fantastic week. I scored the most points out of everyone. Hey. Uh Redemption City. Let's go. This is the team that I wanted. This is this is great stuff, right? Then there's my um what used to be a dynasty team that was uh, you know, rebooted because I was just too good. And I have <laughs> one piece of kryptonite and it's called Ron Meckler, my father. And that man is usually in last place all the time and yet always beats me. <laughs> and uh, this season, true to form, not only did he beat me, but he had the highest score out of all. <laughs> wow. So props to you, dad. Um, it's it's not nice, but uh, props to you. Props to you. It's fine. I'm fine with it. Did he and, have uh, Cordell Patterson on his team? Oh. No, <laughs> I'm gonna check because now I'm always like, who's on these teams that I'm talking about? 
And then uh, I, it was real close to me actually getting cut in that guillotine league as the first person. I was um, bottom three, but uh, Tony Pollard came through and saved me from a poor week, especially out of, uh, you know, the people who should be your anchors like Patrick Mahomes. It was a yeah. rough fantasy week, y'all. People he had a, he had a rough game. Just... He did. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so. Seahawks uh, dropped a close one against the Atlanta Falcons at home. Um, I want to preface the first. I want to. I want to preface this. I, 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 I and I think I could speak for all of us. You know, here are the dorks. We don't have lofty expectations for this team, right? Like this team isn't a contender. Uh, I'm going into this season, you know, in a rebuild season like this one, what I want to see is, uh, I want to see a team that's competitive, uh, and, uh, a team that's starting so many young people. I just want to see improvements and I, and I want to see that we're going in the right direction. Um, there were some good things I saw from this game and I want to give Gino Smith and that offense some props. I thought Gino, uh, you know, I know he threw the pick at the end, but Gino's not that guy who's going to like win it for us in the fourth quarter. Like, like we, you know, this team has to put up some points and not expect to, you know, Gino to like put it on his shoulders like we did with Russell Wilson. But I thought Gino played a hell of an efficient game. He had a couple touchdowns. He had 306 yards or something like that. 72% completion. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought he hit the receivers that he needed to. Uh, they didn't take a lot of deep shots, but they were getting a lot of those, you know, 16 yards, 18 yards, using the tight ends well. Um, uh, they ran the ball well. I, I still wished they would have had maybe like 30 uh, attempts rather than 20. I would have liked to see Penny get somewhere between like 23 and 25 carries. Instead, I think he got like 15 or something like that. Uh, but overall, the I, I thought the offense played well. Uh, Millie, what did you see out of that? I, I agree with you. I thought that um, offensively, you know, we looked pretty good. And it's one of those that, you know, people show a highlight reel and the, you know, you've got this final play that's an interception at a Gino, but that was not what represented that game in yes, any way. Yes. I, you know, the fact that there was even a chance was, was a kudos to the offense. Mm -hmm. um, I think the offense played really well, better than expected. I was happy to see some good play out of Rashad Penny. Um, you know, we got DK involved again Um on some big plays and uncle will got a touchdown mm -hmm. uncle will so really happy <laughs> i agree with the offense the defense was just kind of terrifying in 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 that you know i think we expected to see you know the first week was the first week and then we were all like, okay and then the second week was like uh, you know okay then they we're showing where we're weak and we lost jamal adams and then you get into last week and um just kind of scary the level of 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 i don't know what to call it, the level of failure i mean what is it uh quandre Diggs said we stunk it up on defense and he's, mm -hmm. he's not wrong 
I mean, the, they let that mediocre Atlanta Falcons uh, offense do whatever they wanted. And, you know, Coro Patterson is good, but giving up like 175 yards to him or something like that. And uh, again, making a mediocre quarterback look like a pro bowler and Marcus Mariota. Well, and as I said, it was going to, this is where Kyle Pitts is finally going to, you know, start signing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- you were so right about that, Millie. Yep. He looked like a monster next mm-hmm. to our our defense. I mean, he is a, a big man, but it was just comical almost. He just looked so humongous in, in those in a lot of those plays. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to uh, I do want to highlight a couple things. I mean, that defense was bad, but there were a couple fun plays for me. Uh, Kobe Bryant getting his uh, first sack uh, as a, as a pro, I thought was really fun to watch. Um, and uh, Tariq Wollin getting an interception, uh, which I missed because it was like 40 seconds left in the half. And I was like, I'm going to go hit the bathroom early. Yeah. <laughs> and I missed Tariq Wollin getting that interception. You know what else I missed? The Corgi ball. Yeah. I, corgi uh, that's uh that's rough. If I had known I, they had I mean, the Corgi I run, I would have hung around for halftime. It's it's unfortunate that that those are always surprises. It's like I know. Corgi races are the goddamn best. They are the goddamn best. Those stupid little dogs. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> My Corgi is sitting behind me. Uh, she's not pleased. <laughs> Curtis, what's going on with this defense? Um, they can't stop the run. No, it's they can't simple. at all. That's I, I, we've, I, we've had three games with this team right now. And, um, my biggest takeaway is that the offense is much further ahead than the defense is, even yeah. though the offense played pretty poorly in San Francisco or at Santa Clara. Um, uh, you know, they could easily be, um, two and one right now. Um, if, um, you know, if, if for a couple, you know, things that happened toward in that last final drive, um, with the offense, with the, um, with the holding call, with taking the sack, with throwing the pick, I mean, they marched it right down there with a chance to pull this, still pull this game out. Yeah. They came close, but, um, and if the defense had just got one stop with, um, if it wasn't for the busted plays, you know, and, you know, I, I actually, I actually think the biggest difference of the game um, wasn't the, the passing attack with the tight end for Atlanta. I mean, I think it was Cordell Patterson. He just, he ran, he ran upshot. They gave up <clears throat> monster chunks on the ground um, because of blown assignments. Well, um, and you know, Cordero Patterson, who's running like five yards six yeah. yards and all of a sudden that opening two drive and the, four the, the and two first series and three in which and like that's a killer ball, you know i mean it was just they couldn't stop patterson you know and mm-hmm. you're not gonna win a lot of games in football if you can't stop the run <clears throat> i think they can i actually i think i think i think that you know i i sort of I pondered the question in my blog piece the next day about like what if the issue is, uh, is it an X's and O's thing mm-hmm. or is it what they like to say in football, the Jimmy's and the Joe's is it, is it a player's thing or is it a, is it a scheme thing? And I actually sort of think that 
it's a player's thing. And that seems like that's, that's an ominous sort of thing, but I actually think that if they, um, if they get um, Daryl Taylor um, out on early downs where he's getting washed away in the runs and they put in Boye Mafe and this Daryl Johnson guy, if you study the pro football focus, um, Boye Mafe actually ranks in the top 10, in the top 10 of the league of edge rushers against the run hmm. not like just he's been rookies, playing sensational like... in the minutes that he's been in there wow. but you know they've just they've they've you know they've they've by virtue i think of seniority you know and how well he did last year as a pass rusher they've been giving you know daryl taylor um the starting nod and stuff so i think what carol signaled yesterday is definitely that you're going to see more boy mafe in early downs along with this daryl johnson guy who's also been much more stouter than um than uh taylor and maybe you just use taylor just almost exclusively right now anyways as a uh, third down pass rush specialist so yeah. do you think um, curtis then is it is it talent on the player side or is it discipline uh, I, I i well it's a little bit of both i mean there was one there was one clip that went viral um on seahawks twitter of cody Bar the first score that the first touchdown that atlanta gave up um what was it was it was, it was an easy like 12 13 yard scamper i think maybe even mm. more of Patterson on the right side uh, in the end zone. Um, there's a shot of Cody Barton in his middle linebacker position cutting inside towards the center to like latch on to like a, a guard that's like going out. And it's like he's not even, you can just look, he's not even engaged, it seems, with his eyes with Patterson and where the ball's going. He's looking. To hit up a blocker huh. and by making that cut inside towards the blocker to take him on that gives about a 10 yard gap between mm -hmm. him and the person out on the perimeter for patterson with his speed to just cut right up and through there for like an easy score like that's a blown coverage that's a that's 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 totally like a discipline thing so i feel like there's 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 blown assignments, but I also think there's sort of there's 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 correctable things that they can do. And the thing that gave me like the best sign of hope was actually when I started listening to the press conferences of the players, and it was Uchina Nuoso who um who just who who copped up to the fact that on the other huge scamper run that led to the go-ahead score for Atlanta in the second half to Patterson, um, he was reading, uh, he was reading Mariota and wasn't reading the run fit at all. He like played the play action instead of containing his side of the field, which, you know, I mean, in football defense 101, the guys that are playing the edges have to contain. That's what they do. Yeah. They've got to hold that ground. And he gave that up and he admitted it. And I actually think that that's shows that's a, a really great sign of leadership is by fessing up. Like, you know, I mean, when you, when you fuck up, 
<laughs> say you fucked up you know <laughs> yeah, don't, right. don't start don't start you know don't start having a hissy fit you know in front of you know and, and cussing about how everything's screwed up and stuff like that um own up to it you know yeah. own up to your stuff and the fact that we have somebody who's a, who's who's a pretty solid veteran in the league owning up to me make makes me think that you know, uh, they, they know what they, they know what they know. At least they've got players on that side that know what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's always no, so, kind of been one of Carol's yeah. chief tenants is accountability. Um, they spend a whole day on it. Um, I have hopes, you know, Carol, uh, Carol's teams, these Seahawks teams in the past, these defenses have sometimes started out slow and gotten better over time yeah that's been Um, and so it's still very early in the season so alana where does this team go from here um i think that it's really just a matter of getting playing play time you know playing time Mm -hmm. i think we've got a really tough um opponent next week in detroit I think yeah. that it's going to be tough that we're playing in Detroit. I think that's a team that wants to win right now uh, and is going to fight really hard for it. Uh, I, you know, in terms of where we go from here, we just, we just keep playing. We play through the season. I agree that there's a lot to like, there's a lot to want to focus on that. This remains a season that we can have a lot of fun with um, that even though we're homers, and, you know, I predicted an eight and nine season, if they go three and 14, you know, they go three and 14. This is not a season that we it yes. should expect to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I love how Geno's playing. I love how Lockett and Metcalf are playing. I love how much they want to be here. Uh, and that's been made evident. Um, I love how, like, I love Diggs and how he's owning up to, how the defense is playing like yeah it's great and so like uh um Wolin seeing that and Kobe Bryant seeing that and uh uh Boye Mafi seeing that and Michael Jackson seeing that and they're seeing what it means to be a Seahawk and they're and that's great that's what we want that's the and Lucas and uh um Cross Cross okay. are seeing that as well so like it's really it's a even though it's not the best of times, it's not the worst of times either. Yeah. And there's a lot to to look forward to and a lot of fun games to watch, even if we I, lose I, most of them. I agree. And, and you know, I, even though we lost, I thought the game on Sunday was a really entertaining one. Yeah. And I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what I want to see for the rest of the season is just stay competitive, make them interesting. Would you, you have this- something to say, Millie? I just say, I, I mean, along that front, it was a very entertaining football game. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like there it was, it was over. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was a really fun game. I was completely engaged the whole time and I, I wasn't sitting in the end zone. I mean, it was, that was a fun <laughs> yeah. game. And I think this Sunday, you know, along those lines, I think this Sunday is going to be a really fun game too. It's a great mm-hmm. matchup. It's going to yeah. be fun. There were a lot of fun games around the league on Sunday. If you like chaos ball, <laughs> this Sunday's NFL was for you. I Can mean, I talk about beauty? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can I, they're, they're, the punting this weekend in the NFL was huh. 
beautiful beautiful yeah. not only not only it's it's a dianu moment which if if you don't know uh look it up uh uh not only did we have uh just the punting game of a lifetime in that denver san francisco game <laughs> yeah like uh, by the way like i think five... russell wilson uh, uh had the most three and outs of his career in that game yeah there yeah. were like five times where the the ball hit the one yard line bounced straight up in the air and the special teams units were able to corral it before it went into the end zone it was Amazing. unbelievable diane you uh then you have the butt punt oh. which oh my goodness it was such a thing to behold and i was watching it uh on um this this is a little side thing uh when the Seahawks aren't as good, I feel more inclined to get red zone because then I can uh -huh. watch all the games at the same time. And yeah. uh, I caught that butt punt on red zone and I rewound it and made my family watch it like four <laughs> times. I was like, he kicked it right into his butt. And then you usually when you do a butt punt, you lose the game. <laughs> Not those dolphins. Um, <clears throat> but that I read somewhere. Game. Yeah. The 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 Denver punter had 435, no, sorry, 473 yards of punting in that game. That's wow. it, it, that has to be a record, right? And then the last I don't know if it is. And then the last piece of it was on Monday Night Football when Eli said they should have paid the punter that 235 million instead of Russell. And it was so just good. like, thank you, thank you. I also um, liked were, uh, Mark Sanchez's tweet uh, yeah. about the the butt punt. You Stay know, out of my lane or whatever. That's my thing. Yeah, good stuff. There were just so many, and and like that Miami Buffalo game was so much fun to watch, and I was so surprised that Miami pulled it out, though they did, you know, circumvent some uh, concussion protocol there. Um, yeah, like what happened? I, oh, Tua got well. Tua rocked. Yeah. And then he got up and tried to walk off the field and basically did one of these dances before falling down. And then they were like, oh, it's a back. And it's like, no, it's not. We saw his set head slam into the ground. Like those, the, the teams in the NFL are not trustworthy when it comes to identifying head trauma in their own players. And like, no, no. they still don't have a system for it that, that works. Um. But then that that uh, Jacksonville looks good. Like Trevor Lawrence. Looks good. I was just thinking about this. You know how last, I mean, you last season was a bad season for Trevor Lawrence just because of the situation he was in with Urban Meyer and that whole like fiasco. But, right. you know. But they picked up Doug Peterson and it's like, oh, you went yeah. from the worst to one of the best. Well, and that's the thing. And it's like, you know, Mac Jones was maybe played the best out of the rookie quarterback class last season. And then you watch Trevor Lawrence play this year and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, what, right. that's the step above. Up. That's what a good quarter, like a great quarterback looks like. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm rooting for him. I I I, I mm -hmm. like Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, I'm rooting for. Uh, they're an underdog. I'm rooting for him. I, I feel kind of the same way about Miami. It's like eh, I'm mm -hmm. kind of rooting for you. Yeah, I like uh, I like an underdog story. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of good games, and it's a lot of surprise. You know, 
the two teams that are currently undefeated are Miami and Philadelphia. Like that's, yeah. I don't think people would have had that on the totally. bingo card. Someone referred to that chiefs um, Colts game as being uh, a guillotine league killer um, for those who totally. do the guillotine pick as, uh, as opposed to what Millie's uh, the league Millie's in for fantasy. Um, and, you know, the other thing that's really surprising is that the Raiders are 0-3. They're the only team that um, has all losses. And that, um, it's crazy because I actually think they're way better than 0-3. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I'm not a Josh McDaniels uh, believer, though. I thought that was a horrible choice for a coach. I think they could have had Russell Wilson if they would have gotten like a better <laughs> yeah. coach in that situation. I mean, that would have been perfect for him and Sierra to yeah. get him there. And like, oh, she could have oh, had a Vegas there. residency. Like, oh my god! Yeah, uh, I the, the NFL wouldn't be able to handle it. Do we? Uh, the other, some... the last thing I want to say about it is like that the our. We were on the vanguard a little bit when it when it came to recognizing and mocking Russell's Let's Ride because it is everywhere <laughs> and everywhere is everyone is mocking him for it. I see so many TikToks that are like like the, there's this guy who just acts out various skits um, uh, about NFL quarterbacks, NFL teams. And 100% of the time, Russell Wilson is staring in front of a mirror with a football, trying to go, uh, uh, let's ride. Uh, we tried. <laughs> just like, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and he's just an unintentional cheeseball. I'm, I'm here all day for Russell Wilson. All day. All day. And I'm enjoying Geno Smith. My yes. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I mean, You're having Russell Wilson. An absolute league-leading completion percentage. Like, yeah, that's that's great. He's got that's better numbers than uh, Brady and Rogers right now <laughs> on a lot of categories. Like, I, I just, I, I'm not saying he's the next. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, he's a competent. Let's, let's, let's see this. Let's see this season play out for Gina. Yeah, I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious. Millie, how did we do last week? Oh, goodness. Um, hold on. I forgot to double. Oh, that's right. I was right. So where are we at? Is Millie, uh, you have, you have two, You're three and oh, no, you were wrong on the Denver game and we were all right. That's right. Is that true? Nah, I think she picked the Seahawks. On You're the probably right. I did actually. I'm three. Grumble, grumble. Um, but um, but I love you guys, all of you, <laughs> very much. Um, I I did not give it the high scoring uh, affair that it turned out to be. I will say that yeah. much. I, so you're I not 100 percent gonna... right. If there oh, was wait. one thing I didn't think this game no, was actually, going to be, I it did. I said 27-20. So not oh, bad. that's not bad. Wow, oh, wasn't it 27-24? No, it's 27. Uh, I was that's was right. I changed my mind. I was gonna make it 27-7, and then I decided right. that didn't make any sense. So I went 27-20. Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't feel so bad anymore. I was like, oh, I didn't give him any credit. I didn't realize how bad Atlanta was after all. Um, yeah. So I yeah, I'm on track with my five and twelve, but it's gonna be an exciting five and twelve. 
y'all. It, it, it is. Yeah, um, no, I'm looking. Listen, you know, <laughs> if they end up going three and you know whatever, I like we just get a higher draft pick. That's yeah. right. You know. That's right. That's truth. Facts. 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 Sorry. So, Facts. Seattle's yeah. headed to Denver. No. Um, I've been thinking about this game. Detroit. Or uh, excuse me, Detroit. Um, I think Detroit has a sneaky good offense. Um, and I think they also have a sneaky good defense. Like I think Detroit is a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. I think on the road and until the Seahawks can show me they can stop the run, I'm saying it's going to be Detroit 27-24. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Detroit wins, and I think it's 27-10. Yeah, I just – I think that – I mean, I I have a lot of belief in that Detroit team. I think they're going to be everybody's second favorite team this year alongside the Dolphins. Um, I just think that – I mean, Goff is like whatever, but like Eamon Raw uh, is awesome. Um, Is he out? Yeah. I thought he was questionable. I think he's still questionable. Um, and I have to say, as, as someone who 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 drafted him years <laughs> ago now, um, Amon Ra is what I yell every time. He, he just makes me happy. He is injured, and I I think it's. I have a feeling he might not play. This could okay. the only thing that could work out for the Seahawks here is that um Alan Ra is is hurt and might not mm-hmm. play. DeAndre Swift is banged up and might not. I don't know. I don't think that he's not gonna play, but he's real banged up. He's not mm-hmm. looking so hot this week. So these are things that could work for us. But I also think that their defense is very good. Um so I you know, I am going to take this as another Seahawks loss, um, but it's it's a it's a little bit of a gimpy Lions team that, in my opinion, should probably be three and zero. They are just so close every time, and yeah. they look real good. It's just so typical of that Detroit team. I know. <laughs> they should win a game, and then they don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to take this as as a loss. So, um. I'd say Detroit 21, Seahawks 17. All right. Curtis, what do you got? Seahawks uh, have currently right now the second worst rushing uh, rush um, defense in the league. Run defense in the league. They're the second worst. That's stopping the run out of 32 teams. Uh, and the Detroit Lions average, I believe, 5.9 yards. Yeah, yeah, I know mm-hmm. it's going to be ugly. <laughs> uh, and so every ounce of my fiber has to say that um, Detroit's going to win this game. Uh but I'm going to go against all that. And I'm going to say the Seahawks are going to pull this one out. Wow. Uh, I think there's, I think the Detroit's dealing with more injuries than Seattle is right now. Um, I think that 
uh, I think that there's going to be an adjustment to the Seahawk defense. I think there's going to be, um, yeah, I think this is a good, I think this is going to be a good week, uh, for Seattle to, uh, to catch the lions. And I'm going to say Seattle is going to win this one, uh, 2017. I like it. So the, the one other thing I want to add about Detroit, even if DeAndre Swift can't play or is very mm-hmm. limited, is that their uh, their number two, Jamal Williams, is proving to be very dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on him. He's a he's a real up and comer. Um, and he used and to, hey, they would play exactly, fantasy. But... Go go out and get him on the waivers. Yeah, uh, the this this team is going to get stronger as the year goes if they can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I uh, I think they're they're a lot better than people are giving credit for, and I wouldn't be surprised if they surprise the league this season. Um. So where the what's the score in the Mariners game? So we're recording this at uh, ten o'clock on a Tuesday. The last when when I logged into this thing. Uh, the Rangers were leading the M's five to zero in the ninth. That's how it finished. Yeah, yeah. That's, how it finished. yeah. that's unfortunate. Fortunately for us, Baltimore lost, so the magic yes. number is five, uh, and I think Baltimore is still three and a half games back. Um, it's a four and a half if you count the fact that we won the t- that we won the series. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and Daniel, I think what, the, the what do you Jays- mean when you say the magic number? Yes, the Let number. Me, uh, Oh, I can. Uh, do you want to take this? I can take it. So I got magic- it. It's, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the number of games they have to win to make it the, to clinch a playoff berth, but it is also impacted by the number of games the team immediately behind them loses. So if Baltimore loses and Seattle wins, then the magic number goes down by two. If Baltimore, so- if Seattle wins, and Baltimore wins, the magic number goes down by one. And if Baltimore wins and Seattle loses, the magic number doesn't change. And the magic number can never go up. So any combination of wins and losses will will take that magic number down. So if the Mariners had won, the magic number would be four. Mm. And by my guess, uh, count, there are eight games left in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. So Seattle I mean, just you know, needs to win five of those eight games if seattle let's say seattle wins two and baltimore loses three mm-hmm. of the seattle, remaining eight in. games then we're in yeah so we could go two and six if baltimore goes three and five then we're in like if 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 for the next three days mm-hmm. we win and baltimore loses every day we would be in i mean you know we could be in by friday Mm-hmm. And that's actually why I wanted to walk through it because a lot of a lot of people are saying the magic number is, and I think there's a lot of people who don't entirely know what that means. Totally it feels like oh, we have to win five of these games, and right? Like, really, right? We have to win five of these games if Baltimore keeps winning, right? Which exactly. They haven't actually. They're not in a like hot streak, right? right. Like they they beat two out of they took two out of three from the Astros. But then they lost to the Red Sox. Right. So like you know they're doing this. They're doing the same. They're not pretty convincing. Yeah. <laughs> like you know. Over the yeah. last ten games, Seattle is three and seven, and over the last ten games, Baltimore is five and five. 
Yeah, so they're yeah, not setting the world on fire. Right. I mean, if 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 that trend stayed for the re- the next two weeks, we would be in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as it stands, Seattle has a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs. And that's not a number I'm pulling out of my ass. That's an actual, like, that. Are, that is our odds. Uh, the Mariners really are going to the playoffs this year. This is, this yeah. is, this yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. Is yes. that in front of us? I believe it's the, um, I think it's the, the Blue Jays. It's uh, the Rays. The, the, the Blue Rays, Jays have the that, top wild card and right. the Rays are behind. Okay. So the Ray, then it's the Rays, who's even though they're ahead of us, are actually ninety nine six. Strangely enough, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm looking at ESPN, and and all three of those teams are ninety nine nine, with Baltimore at point one. Yeah. So it's different. It's different, <laughs> calculated in different places. So Mariners fans, relax, relax. We're going to the playoffs. We're gonna we're gonna clear that hurdle. Now, what happens in the playoffs is a different question. That's true. And that's when our recent play has been a little concerning. I'm yeah. hoping that let's just uh, they're gonna get the those monsters out now and then we can enter the playoffs. And then Julio will come back and he'll be recovered and Gino's gonna, use, gonna find his groove again. Yeah, Gino's gonna be uh better. Um uh, when he gets a couple of games under his belt, yeah. Ty France has been playing a great third base. Like, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of there's still positive out there. Kelnick, uh, uh, Millie, you were saying you had kind of a theory about yeah. Kelnick. Yeah, what's your Kelnick theory? Yeah, well, um, you know, Jared <laughs> Kelnick, who Jared. is uh, <laughs> Jared. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's who he is for the rest of the season to me. By the way, Jared. Jared, we have to believe Jared. And uh, for those of you who are are watching our our YouTube visuals here, I do have last year's sort of iconic image, which when the Mariners were um, oh so close and making this run that made everyone really excited for this season. Mm -hmm. um, That image was Jared Kalanick holding up his uh, Ted Lasso Believe sign. which Believe, Jared. Jared believes he believes in you and he believes in the Mariners and um you know he's had a really tough season as as a professional baseball player he is uh someone who at the beginning of the season lots of us including me if you were to go back and listen to the podcast he was a favorite for the year I was all about Jared and Julio and um he did not deliver on his promise and he's gone back down to AAA twice during the course of this season. Um, he came back and at a time that I think is really important mentally. And mm-hmm. that's the thing about this team. And I'm really hoping they do go into the playoffs hot. We want that. We want that streak. Like they were having this time last year i want to see jared with his belief sign again and i think he can be that spark i feel like some of the best teams when you see those sort of team of destiny you know scenarios is that there's some player who comes in that is this spark that the team needs and and it's that you know in, in a movie it would be the the young scrappy kid who who makes the one play who didn't make the play all year right <laughs> and and that's that's Kalanick to me he he came in he was um excited right when we were losing Gino and we're losing Julio and he's just 
picking up the slack left and right. He's hitting home runs. He made this amazing throw to Jake. Mm. That was the out we needed in the moment. Um, tonight, even in this horrible loss, he was a you know a bit of a bright spot. He was one of the few people who managed to get um, you know a hit and get yeah, on. Yeah, and base. I think it's four in a row now. Yeah, he's. Um, I was just looking at his stats even for the last. Um, where did that go? For just in the last seven games, he's one of the hottest players on our team. He's got a 240 average. That's great. Um, he's he's doing something that a lot of other people on the team can't do right now. And I think he can be that person um, for us, that he is that player who for the whole year, you're like, I don't know about this guy. And then you get to the playoffs and they're the guy. The guy didn't do much all year, but that's the walk-off, right? That's the, you know, right when we needed it, home run, double, triple, sacrifice, whatever it is, he's the guy. And, and I, that is where I am. I'm putting my energy is, is in believe and is Jared Kelenic and is Julio returning and is Gino was back tonight with his good vibes. Like I'm ready. I'm ready, but I'm, really hope we get it going um we I'm got ready. oakland coming back in and and that yeah. was that was not pretty when we went to oakland so i feel like maybe we've got some revenge energy to get out mm-hmm. that's what i'm hoping for and we'll have a healthy I think, team and i think that i really feel that uh for jarod um because it reminds me of randy or rosarena uh, in 2020 on the Tampa Bay Rays, who was a rookie who won the ALCS MVP and kind of came out of nowhere and hit like 10 homers in the, in the postseason, just like out of nowhere uh, a little bit. And he ended up winning rookie of the year the next year. Um, but I feel like there's an element of that to Jared uh, and his, his uh, rise during this time where it's like the unexpected contributor um uh uh making big plays yeah i i'm rooting for him i i I like him i i think he's got it and he just needs to put it together Mm -hmm. um briefly i wanted to uh i want to just talk about the washington huskies i'm uh i graduated from the university of washington i'm a big huskies fan and last season was a giant disappointment that i did not want to talk about uh, Jimmy Lake was a cancer on that team, and uh, it was one of the worst seasons I've ever watched in my life. And then they they fired him in the middle of that season. Next and they to hired... the Tyran- Tyrone Willingham, uh, uh, was that the 0 and 12 season of of 2007? Oh man, that was rough. yeah, that was a rough one too. But they went out and they hired this guy, DeBoer. And uh, I was, I was, I, I didn't know, I didn't really know who he was, but he had his first press conference and he won me over in that first press conference because DeBoer. he was a culture guy and he reminded me a lot of Pete Carroll and uh, the way he was talking, I was like, this guy's got a vision and it sounds like he cares about his players. And so I got really excited, cautiously optimistic. He brought in, uh, as from a transfer, he brought in the quarterback that he worked with in Indiana, um, uh, uh, Michael Penix Jr., uh, who it's not like he lit the world on fire when he was playing and he was kind of injury prone. So I was kind of like, like, okay, like I guess bring in your guy, I guess. But it's not like this guy's going to be the savior. 
But <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, this guy, I think, can be a dark horse Heisman candidate. I think I think Penix Jr. is oh he's being talked about now. He he should be because he is he's accurate. Uh, He he can read a defense. He's going through his progressions. He's leading his receivers. He's got this just effortless touch. It is fun as heck watching that guy play. Um, This is a quarterback that I haven't seen play for the Washington Huskies. Maybe since I've been watching them, you know, the Huskies have always been defined by their defense. And this is sort of like a high flying offense and it's kind of fun to watch, by the way, that's not to say that this defense is nothing because this defense is still a smothering university of Washington defense. Um, I it's, it's currently, you know, uh, when we went into this season, the Huskies were unranked. Uh, we beat uh, Mi- the Michigan State when they were ranked 11th. Uh, and uh, we just beat the poo out of Stanford. So now we're ranked number 15. Mm-hmm. I think this team is going places. And um, I think they're the class of the Pac-12 right now. And I'm just, uh, I'm having a lot of fun watching those games. What about you, Curtis? I know you're the other Husky fan on this. Uh, yeah, on yeah, this yeah, yeah, I am. I, well, I've been fair weather over the last few years uh, after uh, Chris Peterson step down um and i was not a fan of the the jimmy lake experience at all uh in fact it was um it was really hard to digest um um i'm i'm excited uh for the future of husky football with kaylin DeBoer. um uh, you mentioned that you felt like you you sort of sensed a pete carroll sort of vibe with him i think he's sort of like I mean, I think he's a culture guy like Carol, but I think he's an offensive mind like Sean McVay. To totally. Honest. Absolutely. And I've heard it said on the radio that um, through players um, that they're just blown away uh, through spring ball and all the way through the process of training camp into these games, how um, painstakingly detail oriented he is and how much of a tight regimen he has all those players on like everybody knows where to go, what to do, what's like everything is mapped out for the whole entire team. It's shown up on the field. It's and, one and of it the most shows up on teams. the field. Like if 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 you want to watch good local football this year, um and, watch the Huskies. <laughs> uh, watch the Huskies. Watch what the Huskies are doing offensively because it's 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 really kind of a symphony of plays. And Michael Penix Jr is just a delight to watch. Um, Mm. You know, he's tall, he's athletic. Um, It's interesting to watch that he's left-handed, you know, and I, I I don't know. I've got this weird hang up with left-handed quarterbacks. Like I don't think they translate, but I mean, he throws, he throws a beautiful, I mean, he'll throw a touch pass. um, Not unlike Russell Wilson and prime Russell Wilson, you know, points of his career where it the ball just drops right between two defenders hitting the receiver while the receiver is in stride and the receiver doesn't stop to catch the ball like he catches it and goes and uh, this is so good through all i mean it's so it's just i mean there's just so much there, there's such a quick release and suddenness to the way he gets the ball out but it's 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 the areas to which he gets the ball too that the receivers mm-hmm. catch to keep on going and i actually think that this guy is you know if they keep trending in this sort of way i not only do i think 
he's um you know a likely heisman candidate i think he's going to be more than likely at this rate probably a first round pick and i would just say uh that it was really caught my eyes on the uh news sunday morning when um john snyder was at that game on the husky sideline against stanford um and you know we got two first round picks so you know if you if you're if if you're a seahawk fan wondering what the future might be uh for you know the quarterback in the next year or so uh you might want to check out uh the huskies and watch Penix um because you know there's with the way the season could go for Seattle. I mean, they're going to have a pretty high pick. And if he's, you know, if he ends up winning the Heisman and plays big in a Rose Bowl and stuff like that, it wouldn't be shocking to me if he's a high first round pick. He's also, he's just super fun to watch. He's had the time of his life out there. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah. I just want to say one quick thing about uh, the rest. I, I forgot to mention earlier about the NFL week. I'm tired of man babies. I'm sick and tired. Of oh, people I, yes. Like Thank you for Brady. bringing this up. Like, just like, don't throw a temper tantrum. You're 45 years old. Don't break a divide tablet and make, and then the NFL, like, go fuck yourselves. It wasn't because, only Tom Brady, but it was the OC from the Bills. Right. Totally. And, and, but Tom Brady, that was, Tom Brady was last week. And then yeah. the NFL came out and said, look, if you break a tablet, expect to be fine and it's like so fine tom brady like this is a man child who is running away from his family so that he can play football like go fuck yourself tom brady go fuck yourself steve deball or who not steve deball whoever the guy on yeah. the bills is like yeah don't like control your temper i like that's it like don't be a little temper tantrum baby pants go and poop in your diaper like like by the my, way it in that Bills, uh, whoever was covering the camera, whatever assistant coach that was who had the foresight uh -huh. to, like, cover the camera while that guy uh, started having temper tantrum, he deserves a race. He Give does. Him the bonus. Yeah. It was just, it's just, like, it's so gross. Yeah, like, it's horrible. Just, just don't be an idiot like that. Like, control your emotions. Like, yeah. if you want to cry, like, please, by all means. But, <laughs> right, like, right. don't break a tablet ridiculous no yeah. i agree and it, it perpetuates and, and expands it right i mean mm -hmm. a lot of times you know you have these younger players and they're and and they they're freaking out on the sideline or something and, and you really just want to no 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 don't do that like you got to find a better way to channel that but yes. it, in some ways too though i'm like at least you know you're the you're a player and your adrenaline is up here and there's a lot going on. That's a lot more understandable. I understand the adrenaline up in the booth is is really high too, but you are not a 23-year-old athlete on the field yeah. who just screwed up in front of everyone and let your team down. Unless he was up there, like somehow magically communicating exactly what needed to happen in order to somehow magically spike a ball when you didn't have enough time to do it like what is this freak out right exactly over you all had what happens all the time in these games you had a minimal amount of time that needed to happen perfectly in order for you to get another play and mm -hmm. like, so what was the freak out about i didn't really 
that they ran out of time to run a play in Buffalo. And they needed to spike the ball and and they they didn't get it by the time the ball was set and they got set to the line time ran out there wasn't time to spike the ball you know what he reminded me of uh alan rickman in robin hood prince of thieves (laughs) when he's like throwing a temper tantrum that's what he reminded me of totally totally and yeah i mean grow up it's it's bad enough i guess to me it's just these are your coaches Right. And and, and yes. they they need but to it's also a higher Brady. standard and also someone like Tom Brady, who is 40 whatever years a 45 old. 45-year-old fucking grown-ass man. Yes, he is not a, again, he is not a rookie quarterback. He right. is a leader on the team. Leaders yeah. need to hold themselves in check and they need to be a better example. What, what, what did Brady freak out about? What was his issue? Incomplete passes. He broke two tablets during the game. Because of incomplete passes. And because somebody didn't and catch out. the ball that he threw, or because he ostensibly, threw it, yeah, threw it, like, he wasn't he wasn't upset with the refs. He's you've yeah. seen him as a competitor, but this is part of the reason why we all fucking hate Aaron Rodgers, right? Like he's a total totally. prick to everyone around him, and yeah. it's like, don't be a giant baby. You're making millions of dollars to play a game that we all want to see and we all want to watch and we all want to root against you. And then you go up there and you're just an asshole to everybody. Yeah. Well, and like, your job as the leader is to be the one who is in control. Right. Yeah. No, it drives me crazy. I just don't, that, that type of behavior, it's like, I mean, Curtis, you know, you have a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like I have a nine-year-old. I've been through that kind of temper tantrum and I don't stand for it. <laughs> Right. I just, I'm just like, you do, you get the fuck out of this room, you know? Like, yeah. You know, Henry, Henry, he, he, he wants to right now. He's all about like, you know, testing boundaries and seeing what he can get away yes, with. He's stuff that, like that that. I don't even yell at him anymore. What I do is when he crosses the line, I just look at him and I'm just like going like, what? So you want to go to bed right now? You want to go to bed? Right now? You know, I just get, I get really serious and I just stare him right down <laughs> and he just, flips the fuck out like it's the most it's the most horrific thing that i could possibly do to him that's what tom brady and is it's like uh, oc it's, it's not should yelling say at him. him it's not grabbing him it's just saying like okay all these toys right now i'm gonna take them all away right they're going by when tom brady starts throwing some tablets around his offensive coordinator should come over and uh, do i need to take those toys away do you need to go? Do you need to yeah, take exactly. a nap? That's what you need. You, is it you know what, time? You know what, you need to go you know to what he needs is he needs Bill Belichick on that sideline going, like, yeah. I'm going to take, <laughs> take your fucking toys away right now. <laughs> Let's get into some dorking. Okay. Oh, I, you know, here's, uh, here's what I'm dorking out about. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm an actor. And uh, uh, I, I like the, the combat choreography. That's my thing, actor combatant. I took a lot of classes and I loved it a lot. We called it fight church. It always usually took place on Sundays and we'd all get together and Jeff Alm would teach us how to use some weapons. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously in the pandemic, I haven't been able to do any of that. But uh, just last week, I went back. We're doing some sword shield. It's good. It's good to be back. It's a good nice. exercise, but seeing all those guys again and swinging a sword and 
Uh, it's really fun. So that's that's what I've been dorking out about this week. So I, I immediately I got when I got home, I was so amped up. You know, it's a three hour class. and I'm breathing hard and the muscles hurt. And, you know, it was fun, like like swinging swords and, you know, bouncing them off shields and stuff like that. And immediately I sat down uh, in front of the computer and bought myself a new sword and shield. <laughs> Get <laughs> so, it. And then I was like, happy birthday to you. Yeah, I forgot how expensive this hobby can be. Wow. Uh, but that's what I'm dorking out about. Millie, what are you dorking out about? Well, you know, I, last year or last season, I uh, I talked about my love of the reality show Big Brother. And um, last season was super special in a lot of ways with uh, with how the, the final alliance stayed together and, and that winner. And this uh this season also did not disappoint um big brother just uh awarded the prize to their first uh to their first uh black female winner wow um taylor hale and um she was a joy to watch um all season as, as you know, often in reality shows, people start to be painted as villains and they have edits and, and these folks in the house don't necessarily know which way any of that is going because they're not in it. And um, it was a really strange beginning to the season. There was a, a house guest who, um, who was, you know, for lack, I don't know what the actual thing that happened with her was, but she ended up taking herself out of the game for mental health reasons. And there were a couple of moments early on that I recognized with this woman where it was like, she's not living in reality. Her level of anxiety and paranoia to me was so obvious. And you can't live there in the first two weeks in, in this experiment. Right. Um, it's a long, it's a long season. But people would say things to her and her responses were so strange. And I was like, this woman's not okay. And very early on, it, this got twisted that this other woman, Taylor, was somehow weaponizing this woman's mental health, which wasn't actually happening. It was really coming from this woman and her paranoia that she was living in. Um, and also she was genuinely trying to care about someone and it was misinterpreted as some sort of gameplay, which it was not. Um, so she was somebody who was in the beginning being kind of was being bullied, but being presented as if somehow she was actually manipulating people. And it just took a couple of people deciding this didn't seem right. Let's make, let's make us a group and, and you're going to be in our group and, and we're just going to kind of separate ourselves from whatever the hell's happening over there. And that group of people um, became what they, they referred to themselves as the leftovers and became the most powerful alliance within the house. Um, but what's really special about Taylor's win is as you get to the end of this show, it gets really hard to win if you don't win a ton of competitions. Um, a social game is important, but it rarely wins you the prize. And um, she gave the most powerful, amazing final speech in her final two that I am quite convinced uh, swayed a, a couple of jury members to vote for her. And in the end, she uh, got, I believe, seven out of the eight votes to win the game. And wow. not only did she win the game, for the first time ever, she also won America's favorite house guest. It's never happened that the winner is also the favorite house guest. So um, another 
fascinating, interesting season of my favorite social experiment, Big Brother, um, with the ending that I I wanted, and I'm I'm very uh, proud of the people who lived in that house and how they lived in that house this season. It was well done. That's awesome. Good stuff. Alana, what are you dorking out about? I'm gonna go rapid fire on this one. I'm dorking yeah. out on playing Scrabble with my family. Uh, oh, the fun. kid played for the first time. Every word she played was missing a letter, um, which was cute. <laughs> like doubts without the B or Neil without the K. So like she was missing a lot of silent letters and it was really, um, but it was really great because she was engaged in playing the game. Uh, I wanted to follow up on what Daniel, you and Curtis were talking about last week. Uh, the uh, show Reservation Dogs is an historically beautiful and important show. Uh, I think that it, um, especially season two, it needs to be watched. Uh, and it just okay. got renewed for season three, which is awesome. Uh, I am now in about halfway through first season of Strange New Worlds of Star Trek. Uh, mm -hmm. I finished Discovery or caught up on Discovery. I thought that the fourth episode, which was about the Gorn, was garbage. And it took me five days to get through it. Um, but then the next episode was Spock Amok, which was a body swap episode. Um, and like, come on, like that's that's right I there. I thought that's, that episode was delightful. It was so delightful. And yeah. she is so incredibly attractive love her yes and she is also on uh the um mysterious benedict society which is a really uh great family show on disney plus um and then lastly uh i'm actually probably gonna watch andor um because i liked rogue one and mm -hmm. um i've heard really good things about andor and the last thing that i saw that i'm actually really ready to geek out on but maybe not or dork out on but, but maybe maybe not in this context is um deadpool 3 uh and the announcement that came with uh with that um and having a date for it and uh i think that that's going to be super fun I love it. Yeah. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is, uh, is going to be reprising Wolverine. I think that's yeah. really fun. Um, I, I, uh, I thought uh, Reservation Dog season two was absolutely beautiful. Um, and the last season of Atlanta dropped and I'm very, very looking forward to that. Uh, Curtis, what are you dorking out about? Uh, I'll make it quick. I'll just uh, piggyback on Reservation Dogs. Uh, right before we started recording, um, I caught the season finale of season two. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I got caught up in the emotions of it. Um, I don't know if you've all seen the finale yet. Um, no. No. it's terrific. I, I'm not going to give any single spoiler to it. Just enjoy it for the amazing show that it is. And I'm super stoked that it's picked up for season three. Mm. Uh, this is my favorite show on TV so far. So, yeah. and, and I've loved a lot of things, uh, the bear, um, you know, Ted Lasso, all that sort of stuff uh, I've enjoyed. And I'll just say that I have uh, I, I have checked out uh, Andor for the first three episodes, and um, I think it's terrific. Um, it's 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 a great prequel to um, uh, 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 the Rogue One Star Wars movie. Um, and. God, uh, that actor is just um, Pedro Pascal. engaging to watch. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything about it. But by the third episode, I was just like, oh, my God, I wish I could just binge it all right now. Um, so I'm excited about that. 
a new episode to drop tomorrow. Um, and that's all I got. All right. Well, hey, that was a lot of fun. Looking forward to uh, Seahawks versus Detroit next week. Hey, if you like this podcast, you should check out Curtis's blog, 12flife.com. He's got a lot of really great stuff on there. You should read it. Uh, follow us. You know, hit that plus or wherever you're listening to that podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever we're, we're, we're around, we're, we're on all of them. We're also, you can see our pretty faces on YouTube. You can follow us there as well. And uh, spread the word. If you like us, tell your friends. Once again, my name is Daniel for Curtis Alana, Millie, the rest of the 12s, saying goodbye. And go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Right.